got you into music in the first place? Uh, I want to say the radio. Yeah. Uh, as a kid, as a kid, listening to the radio. Uh, and one of my uncles who introduced me to psychedelic rock as a kid and um, a lot of grunge. So yeah. once I, I really got into that, uh, and hip-hop as well, obviously. So, uh, yeah, that's really where it all started. Uh, that and video games. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get the connection with video games because uh, around about that time was you having sort of first the first games that were really using a soundtrack, you know, more than just computer music. They're actually, you know, was, you were getting real music on a soundtrack. And I think yep. when you're playing a game, when you're sort of engrossed in that area, your mind's on, on what you're doing. You, you, you absorb music, music more than you do when you're sort of just sort of sat listening you pick up on different connotations and tones and you know different parts of the music so yeah i completely get that um and grunge yeah grunge was a big 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 scene in my life i think yeah it, yeah that's really when i first sort of started paying attention to to music more than i than i had been you know like i knew i liked music i knew that it was it was a big part of my life but i think yeah the grunge scene sort of really spoke to a, a part of me you know so yeah so that's quite a strange mix though as well to be um bringing in your hip-hop as well <laughs> yeah um well hip-hop was something that's just ingrained in the neighborhoods that i grew up in yeah so that was the more natural sound uh the rock part was they were always looking at me kind of funny so uh I always grew up kind of being the black sheep in that sense. Not necessarily in the family, because everybody in my family fucks around with all sorts of genres. Yeah, that's uh, cool. But, but uh, around the neighborhood, that wasn't necessarily the, the, the same, you know, aspect on on music. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it can be strange when you've got, you've got tastes that, you know, other people don't expect you to have. It's always their problem. It's not your problem. It's their problem. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I... I've got a real passion for reggae music, and I mean, like, I've got a big beard and a bald head, and, you know, uh, <laughs> I look completely like the sort of person you wouldn't expect to be listening to reggae music, and, yeah, I get, I've, I've had some strange looks over the years going to certain clubs, you know, that predominantly a reggae scene, and, uh, yeah, but I, I just I just love the vibe, man, I love that, you know, that feeling that you get from any music, really, but I think reggae just carries sunshine in the music, you know, it just makes you feel happy. Yeah, and you know what? I'm, I'm, I naturally don't gravitate towards reggae because it's very like sunshine and happiness, and I can fuck with it. Like I'm on a vacation kind of feeling status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I tend to like more dance hall mm -hmm. than reggae. Like just because there's, there's a little more, uh, more feel. There's not necessarily feeling, but the dancing aspect of it is always, is always added such an aspect to music where it just, just looked like break dancing that was huge for me as a kid yeah yeah um yeah. so it was so it's pop and locking and uh uh just electric boogaloo little things like that where um yep just not now it's it's a lot of booty shaking but still it's all dancing it's awesome i, I just i love it so yeah yeah, yeah no i agree with you yeah 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 but, uh, for me it was beastie boys that was, Beastie Boys really took hold of me. Yeah, really. 
I think Paul's Paul's Boutique into um, uh, Hello Nasty. I think for me were like the two albums that really sort of opened a new idea of music. You know, like well, pretty much what you you were talking about really were your hip hop beats and then your real instruments, your, your guitars, your rock guitar being brought in, like Sabotage. When they started playing Sabotage live, you know, you've got that sort of hip-hop beat in the background and you've got the sort of rocky vocals with the, you know, I can't stand it, and all, it just, yeah, it just, it was brilliant. You know, it was like, all of a sudden, there was a whole new sort of genre of dance that was predominantly English and white, which isn't really dancing. It looks more like some sort of mental attack, you know, like, <laughs> something's, something's gone wrong, but... Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I, yeah, yeah. If you can't move to move to music, what's the point in the music? That's what I think. You just find yourself moving as you're creating. I don't know about yourself, but you put a, a hook together or a beat together, and you find yourself, you know, moving to it. And you know, like you know, you've you know, you've created something good for yourself. I, I'm a huge dancer. So uh, I, I'm, I'm always bopping around. So if I'm doing that to one of my beats, it, like the ill mind, I, I do the same thing ill mind does. I kind of yeah. do that same thing to my bounce. Yeah. So I'm always dancing. If if my, I'm dancing to my beats, that means I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've cracked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So you had the whole rock scene, and then you had you were mixing up the hip hop. And did it take you a while to to find a niche? You know, did you? start off in one direction and, and now you're completely somewhere different with it or have you continued along the same path okay um well it it, it ended up i focused more on the rock yeah growing up so as a creator i started joining bands so that i could you know make punk rock mm -hmm. make alternative rock uh a little bit of prog rock yeah. and a little bit of metal so I dabbled in a little bit of all of that growing up because those were all of my interests, uh, influences. I have a lot of UK influences as well. Yeah. Um, uh, if Stephen Wilson being a huge one right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I love Radiohead to death. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the myths are up there for me as well. Um, just, uh, just in songwriting and even vocal delivery this is it makes them unique they're mm -hmm. they're they're they stand out because they don't sound like anyone else no. so just little things like that uh i've always tried to make my own sound i've always been driven to try to mesh all of my influences to try to deliver something different yeah i mean i don't think i've quite gotten there yet but i'm on the right path i think that's the curse of being a, a creator and a perfectionist though isn't it you 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 think you're going to get there in the next two years, and when, when you get the next two years done, you'll be like, I'm not quite there. Nope, I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying to Keith. It's like, you never finish anything. You're never happy with what you finished. And, you, you, you know, sometimes you've just got to walk away because the more you do to it, you end up, well, for me, my experience is I end up ruining what I had that was good because I had this, I had this. I've got a thing for harmonies and I just don't know when to stop adding the, the harmonies, you know, like okay. it starts off being in the right place. Like you mentioned Radiohead, it would be a subtle harmony in the right place over, a, you know, an emotional line or a prominent bit of lyrics. But then I sort of overdo it. I start adding it in places where it really doesn't make sense to have a harmony. It's not, incon it's inconsistent and, you know, and then I think, 
I don't like the and then I start pulling it apart and then I think I don't like the original melody and the way that I've actually phrased the word, you know, and they, oh, and they end up just deleting it. <laughs> oh man, that's the singer's curse, man. You you sing choir or something? Yeah, I used to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, op- there you go. Choir into opera, yeah, trained opera singer. Yeah, yeah. well shit, and then opera too, okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of them things that just... It, it's funny, you know, I was watching I was watching someone having a um, Joe Rogan podcast the other day, and they were asking him about um, songwriting, and he was like, you know, I've got no, no clue how to play any instruments or write lyrics, and he said, I'm happy that way because I can't pull it apart, and I think that is the curse of being a musician as well, because you sit there and you will literally listen for, you know, little bits, you listen to someone that you really like, you'll pick up on places where you think, oh... I might have done it this way, or I might have done it that way, you know, instead of just sometimes just sitting back and enjoying the track, or the music, exactly. but I think, especially like for yourself with producing, I mean, it must be very easy to, to get lost in what you're doing as well, you know, um, musically, to, to feel like you're never going to finish it. To, Definitely. Yeah, and how, how do you sort of start your process of creating a, a song or a beat then? Do you start with a beat, or you start with you know your music or okay so it all depends on what mood i'm in uh i am a multi-instrumentalist so i play the bass i play the guitar i play the keys i play the drums and i can play the recorder on whenever i feel like playing it uh but uh (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those instruments that we played in middle school and i just never forgot how to play it and uh just and for, so, depending on how I feel, I'll create my own melody or a composition. Mm-hmm. But lately, I've been using samples. Yeah, I love using samples. I actually, um, it took me three months when I first started producing to finally let go of the whole building from scratch thing mm-hmm. and taking pride in that and starting to use other people's sounds. And I honestly love it. Yeah. So. Once I decide on what composition or what melody I want to build off of, then I set the tempo for it. Mm-hmm. And I actually started. I actually, I've dubbed it my 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 process. Uh, I called it I called it a uh, four four clockwork. All right. Yes. So what yeah. I do, the range that I work in, is fifty BPM to eighty BPM. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Within that, I'll do a time stretch, yeah. So that so it hits metal tempo. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the the hundred to one sixty, and that's why I I mentioned how I headbang to all of my beats. I've noticed it's just because it's that metal tempo. Yeah. Once I time stretch, uh, it speeds it up and it makes it sound a little bit different. Yeah. So, uh, I set the tempo. Then after that, I build the drums. Uh, I can build drums from scratch as well. Uh, but I also I love flipping and chopping um, drum loops. Yeah. Because it's easy to just paste the drum loop on there, but if you actually can chop it up a little bit and make it your own, it's mm. a little more impressive. Um, and honestly, that process there takes me an hour to two hours tops. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays. Nowadays, yeah, yeah. Now you've honed honed the skill, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you you can go back to when you had reel-to-reel and you were making um, tape loops, you know, splicing tape together and slowing it down. You, 
it's changed a lot since back in the day, you know, when you were stretching it out and <laughs> trying to splice it as close as you could. Or even the first samplers, man. The first samplers. Yeah. Were... And that's the thing. There's such an art to sampling that people seem to brush off nowadays because they feel like there's this this easy access to loops and, and, yeah. and all this packs. But the thing is, there, there are composers out there who are bringing these packs to life. Yeah. So they're... They're not being applauded enough. They're not being appreciated enough because they're obviously putting a shitload of work in where their sound is everywhere. So uh, kudos to all of those guys, that those sound engineers out there. They're fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with you on that one, yeah. I, I, sometimes, you know, the smallest sound or the smallest, you know, sequence of sounds can change a track. It can make it completely, you know, you just add that little bit you know, a little bit of symphony or something on the drums, a little bit, a little bit of mamba somewhere. You know, just just a tiny touch that maybe someone who isn't acquainted with music and the process of building music would maybe hear, but we can hear it. You know, this is the, the yeah. things where I sit and I'll say to my wife, "Did, did you hear that?" And she's like, "What?" And I'm like, "That just that bit just before you know it goes into the bridge." No, no, I didn't hear it. You know, it's like what, and I put it back, and it's like she loves music, but she just doesn't sort of break it apart and you know listen to yeah. it. Yeah. Dissected. I, I know. I love the dissection process. I'm, yeah. I, I, uh, I went to school for engineering before I dropped out. So I, 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 I have that mindset, that problem solver mindset. Mm -hmm. So I know how to reverse engineer. I, I love that process. So being able to dissect things and then figure it out and then make it your own or at yeah. least try to improve on the process is, is my thing. I love it. Yeah. I like going through the plugin section in, in whatever program I'm using and finding something that I have no idea what it does and just sit there and yeah just figure it yeah. out yeah <laughs> just toggle with it until it sounds good yeah <clears throat> it's, it's the best part that trial and error shit is there's a beauty in it when you do it right like you you really like just I learn from sound like I'm not classically trained whatsoever dude so all the work that I do is by ear. I, yeah. If I if it sounds good to me, then it's coming out. I push it out. I, I try not to second guess myself anymore because that just brings on stagnation. And I'm trying not to hit that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, yeah. Yeah, that can be a really dangerous uh, process to get into, I think. When you when you get to, like you were saying, the stagnation, you get to, you, you kind of sometimes end up hating what you're creating because you just, you know, you're just stuck in it. You're listening to it all the time. You're going back, you're listening to it. You have a couple of days off and you go back to it. And at first you're like, oh, actually, it's all right. And then you start, you know, you can't, um, you can't uh, criticize your own, your own music. You can't absorb your own music, I don't think. I don't think you can give a, you know, for yourself. Because you're always going to hear the bad bits. It's like when you hear yourself played back on a tape when you're talking, you think, do I sound like that? Really? Do I sound yeah. like that? You know, because you're used to hearing yourself through your head, aren't you? Through, you know, through the vibration in your head where to everyone else it's normal. It's like, that's actually how you sound. But, you know, I, I was like, ah, sound like that. And it's like, oh my God, I sound like that. But yeah, I think you, you, you just, you can't, you're too close to your own pro process, you know, as a, as a creator, as a musician, I think sometimes. Sometimes you can do it. Sometimes you can just do it and just be like yeah that's that's cool i'm happy with that you know well for me i i've had certain tracks i've wrote 
Especially when it's only been sort of from November last year that I've kind of just gone from the opera into using crash vocals and putting a bit of dance music behind it. You know, that kind of like, not really sure where I'm going, what I'm doing. Gotcha. So it's been quite a... Yeah, it's quite a... It was quite a shocking experience when I, you know, sort of started hearing it back and then I had to think like, I started working more on certain parts of the vocal so it was more clear front of my mouth, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, sibil, uh, a syllabilist, <laughs> I can't say it, a yeah, syllabilist, yeah, I've got, to, I've got to have it sounding like punchy, you know, even if it's whispered, even okay. if it's the tiniest breathy sound, I've got to have it clear and, and with clarity, I've got this thing about clarity, and the problem with okay. that is, problem with that is for me, is I start messing with um, treble, too much treble, you know, too much, yeah, because there's a Take little, yeah, that sweet spot between not enough and too much that's just right, but it's hard to get all the time. And sometimes I think I've got it, and then I listen back and it sounds a bit, you know, a little bit, you've got a lot of it, hissy noises, yeah. But it's still new to me, still new to me, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I get it, I get the, I understand the frustration 100%, I get it. You're a perfectionist too, I, I hear it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a musician, I'm a guitar player and a drummer and a, predominantly a singer. But as for creating and producing my own music, other than playing a guitar, an acoustic guitar, writing songs like that, I've never done the whole process for myself. God. So that's been a learning curve as well. And I think that's yeah. why, why I've enjoyed collabing with people so much, because it's like it's their track, all I've got to do is stick my verse on it, <laughs> you know, it's someone That's else. It's a good starting point, man. You have to start somewhere. You mm. can't just be like, <laughs> you can't be a star overnight because honestly, stars can handle a lot that are, that's thrown at them. Yeah. So you gotta definitely start at a small point, and those features are a big deal. If anybody ever lets you feel otherwise, they're a jerk. Like those yeah. features are a big deal. Keep doing those things until you're comfortable enough to do your own shit. And then grow from there, because mm -hmm. honestly, that's all you need to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. And so, when you went, uh, you mentioned Radiohead earlier. I was quite surprised, yeah. Quite, not surprised, that sounds wrong. I'm not surprised, but it's, it's, it's nice to hear someone share a, a passion for Radiohead, because they're one of my favourite bands. Oh, I love Radiohead. Right from the bends, right through, you know, I've even... Uh, the first album, I can't think of the first. Honey so was, Pablo Honey Pablo, has some yeah. good cuts. Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does, yeah. And I think they were just finding their sound, weren't they, as well? Like like what we've just yeah, been exactly. talking about, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe, I think maybe the Benz weren't a bit commercial, actually, because when you go to, you go, you go Pablo Honey, the Benz, and then you go OK Computer, you know, oh, it's yeah. like, it was just, all of a sudden, it was like, here we are. <laughs> they went. They went from trying it out to figuring it out to making their own sound. That's yeah. what they did. Yeah. It, 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 their journey is still amazing. Oh god. Uh, they're yeah. still doing huge things. So uh, I'm an avid fan since the '90s. Uh, okay. Um, because I was thinking, because OK Computer has great songs in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just hard for me to like even mention OK Computer because it's mentioned so fucking much that, that it's just like yeah. it's kind of it's a given, you know. I feel like it's a champion. It's a given. 
so um for me it's just like uh like even under like what was it on their newest one uh burn the witch i love that song yeah yeah i do um it it took me a couple of listens to get sort of i felt that they had a, not a new sound but i felt they kind of progressed a little bit you know into an area that i wasn't maybe quite ready for but Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it grew on me. It does. It, I'm like that though. I mean, I'm a, I'm a massive Slipknot fan, and okay, the last, well, the latest Slipknot album. It took me about three or four listens before I was like, yeah, yeah, that's that shit. Art. You know, it just, it does. Every time someone a band I like brings out a new album, it takes me a good few listens to sort of settle with it and then start, yeah. you know, start listening to it. But properly. you know what? That's that I, you know how I, feel, I, what band I feel that way about? It's an American band, uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Oh yeah. They always seem to push the boundaries every single album to where you have to listen to it. Yeah. I want to say it seven times before you really understand and appreciate every song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I liked a few of theirs. I, I wouldn't say I was completely like sort of drawn in with them, but. I don't think they're bad, you know, I'm not sort of great in their music, it was just... No, no, that's fine. You know, no, I mean, like, I like I like all music, so it wasn't like I was like, I don't like them, it's just, I probably sort of, if they came on in a mix, you know, if it was at the gym or something, or going for a run, I would have two or three of the songs, but I wouldn't have, like, an entire album. Uh, yeah. When, like, I'd have quite a lot of Radiohead and quite a lot of yeah. Slipknot, you know. Um, yeah, I was just thinking then... Uh, what sort of Radiohead songs I really, really like? Um, I like "Let Down" as well. That's a good, That's song. A good song. That's yeah. a very, very good song. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's just the 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 vocals in that song mainly. Um, and, and "Creep." "Creep's" one of my favourites as well. I'm trying to think of what other songs there are. There's so many Radiohead songs. The discography. Yeah, I do like... I like Creep. Creep's a really good song. Um, but yeah, you get a lot of bands, don't you, that just sort of... They, they they progress with the sound, where like like Radiohead have just got better and better and deeper and deeper, and, the, and the, you can just see the the skill in the writing, you know, the, in, the, in the whole process. The whole band, the whole process of the songwriting is just amazing. They're all very, very... Uh important to what they do you can tell because if you ever listen to their side projects you can just really hear their individual sound and what it is that they bring to radiohead so that when they bring it together it just sounds ridiculous yeah yeah no i agree completely and and the problem for me was was if there hadn't have ever been radiohead i probably would have really enjoyed muse what you don't enjoy muse i do but i feel that they're a bit of a Radiohead rip-off. No! <laughs> Don't say that! Don't say that! Oh, no! Oh, if you want to hear Radiohead rip-off, uh, I'd say Coldplay is probably cold closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A very bad, but, but, a, a very bad rip-off of, of Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 I'm not, I'm not even knocking Coldplay because I actually do enjoy them. Mm. But, uh, Muse, 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 let's talk Muse. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think they're very 
similar to after the Benz Radiohead. Yeah, I could agree with that. Maybe maybe early OK Computer, maybe a little bit. Just, whilst but, he was whilst he was working out his transitions from his vocals, where he was going, you know, into the falsetto and you know stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I just I, I've heard this before, and I just I kind of disagree with it. You know what I'm saying? But that's just yeah, my no. personal. Yeah, no, but that's good. That's. Because it's made me think then, I thought, well, yeah, actually, when I think about, um, I, I don't know any, uh, really, any Muse song titles. I'd know them if they sort of come on, you know, I'd not I could be able to tell you, like, there's one I really like, and it's, like, sort of got, like, an electronic sound in it. The, the guitar solo in that song is absolutely amazing. Uh, Supernova or something like that, is it? Black, uh, oh, black holes. Yeah, that's black it. Holes yeah. Uh, Starlight or I forget which, but yeah. it's probably um Nightstidonia maybe. Yeah, the guitar solo in it is absolutely amazing. I, I, I remember thinking like, you know, I can't discredit them for the music, you know, at all. I mean, they're very talented, very very talented. I just, I've seen them live actually. They're amazing. Yeah, I can bet. I can bet that actually. That's the one thing with Muse and Radiohead as well, though. The, the vocal was bang on live. I mean, it didn't sound any different to, yeah. to the recording, which is a big thing for me. A big thing for me. If I really like a band and then I go and see them and it's just not sounding the same. It's, you know, it's quite a, you know, it's quite a <laughs> you know, heartbreak. <laughs> as, okay, as a live performer... Uh, yeah. and, and experiencing that, it's I understand like where the letdown comes from. But then again, I also understand that not everybody is built the same, mm -hmm. and not everybody prepares the same. Yeah. So it's it's just the luck of the draw. Sometimes you're gonna be a fan of a shitty performer, and sometimes you're gonna be a fan of a very good performer. So it's just it's hit or miss, man. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I was just going to back it up completely with, I was a massive Nirvana fan. You're talking about grunge. Nirvana were like, you know, just sort of created the whole world for me. Would I have liked to have seen them live? Yes. Yes. I would have. For the energy. For the energy. But on the same hand, I would have been disappointed in some of the performances. I agree. They were, they reminded me of, of a true... Two punk band. Yeah. When they were doing their grunge shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until they did Nirvana Unplugged on MTV, and yeah. that just, yeah. that just made MTV Unplugged. I don't care what anyone else says. I think when Nirvana came on and did their Unplugged, it cut the fabric for a lot of other bands to step up the game. You know, all of a sudden it became a, it became a cool thing to do. Not saying it wasn't a cool thing beforehand, but it certainly spoke to a lot more of our age into watching it. You know, I then started watching. I saw Aerosmith on there. You know, and then I saw Alice in Chains. I mean, I love Alice, Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains. Their unplugged is I like. Yeah. Top five albums for me. I love revisiting that album over and over and over. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. I Lane Staley. Oh, I love Lane Staley. Absolutely. Lane Staley. Oh. Yeah, sad times, man. Sad times. But what do you think to him 
recreating with a new singer? Uh, you know what? Uh, I can't say I'm a huge fan, but I appreciate that they get to continue doing what they're doing mm-hmm. because honestly, it's a livelihood. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. I'm like I said, I'm not necessarily knocking it, but I, I, I it's nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm sticking with you know yeah. my original pack. You know. I think if you're gonna do that when you when you've been a band of, of magnitude like Alice in Chains or Stone Temple Pilots, and it'd oh. be it'd be like someone stepping into Chris Cornell's shoes now and going, you know, someone taking over Soundgarden. It just wouldn't. Or audio no. slave, you know, it just wouldn't work. And I think, I think what they need to do is they need to say, look, we're getting a new singer, come out of a new, a new name, you know, a new band name, and create new music because, you know, they're great musicians. But for me, yeah. I, I can't watch someone else doing, you know, Alice in Chains songs because it's just not Lane Staley. It's just not right. Oh. So, and that maybe, maybe that's really wrong of me, but. No, I think, you know what, and, and, and maybe that's selfish of us to say that about a work that isn't ours, but, yeah, I feel like as a fan, as a true fan, it's just like, yeah, you probably should have just changed your name yeah. to something else. Yeah, just do something else. You know, you've, you've got the you've got the catalogue for everyone to look back on, you know, those, those songs are always going to be there, but I would yep. rather look back on seeing Lane Staley on MTV Unplugged than... You know the dude who's singing for him now, not singing the song how it's supposed to sound in my head, how I remember it, the feel, the feelings that I have attached to it. You know, I wouldn't want that. It's like Queen. You know, the, the Queen should never have got a, another singer. I don't think and carried on. You know, they've done well. I mean, Adam Lambert is is an unreal vocalist. He is. Adam Lambert is a fantastic vocalist. I mean, I was quite shocked at that man's range. You know what he can what he can hit live with power is is pretty. He's like the Celine Dion of of male (laughs) singers. But you know, for me, I was never a massive Queen fan. I can respect Queen's musical ability and their songwriting. But the, the, the actual sort of rock music for me, I was more into like Motorhead and Iron Maiden, you know, that sort of... Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's just a shame, it's just a shame that this, this shit happens and that these singers die, these great, great artists. You know, we lose so, so many great artists. I want to say a lot of my heroes I've lost uh, growing yeah. up, man. <laughs> like... It's either to booze, drugs, or just, I don't know, living too fucking hard. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. what's going on in the music world, but uh, it sucks having to say rest in peace to people that I, you know, grew up admiring. And these guys, they aren't dying of old age, man. They're in their 50s. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. But uh, it's also, it's, it's bringing up or at least bringing to light more of, you know, this awareness on mental health and on drug abuse and all this shit, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a little more real now, where it's just like, all right, when are we really going to stop losing our, not only our, our heroes, but our kids to this shit, too? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's um, it's like the plight of being, of being a musician, of being a performer or a creator, though, isn't it? It's a tortured soul. Creators are tortured souls. Yeah, you know, man. 
You know, they say that, uh, what is it, 90% of stand-up comedians are manic depressives. Dude, stand-up comedians, shout out to stand-up comedians. They are the most fucking courageous human beings yep. in the planet. Do you yep. know how hard it is to think you're funny and have a group of people not necessarily think that you're funny when you're when you, you're in a spotlight? Like, that's ridiculous. I know, I know. Oh. And, it, and I, can only, I can only talk from singing on a stage, but... Like, you create these sort of paranoid um, experiences in your head. You know, you start singing and someone laughs. They might be laughing at something completely, you know, nothing to do with you. <laughs> but to me, it's like, I've just started singing and someone at the back of the room goes, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, he's laughing at me, you know, in my head while I'm singing. You know, and, Paranoid android. <laughs> yeah. So you can, you can imagine what it's like just stood up there telling jokes and people not laughing. <laughs> you know, oh. I could I could not do that, man. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd want the floor to swallow me. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, but it's apparently they say like I don't know if it's ninety percent. It might be like seventy five percent of of stand up comics are manic depressive. Look at Robin Williams and Jim Carrey. Yep, it's crazy. I'm a manic depressive myself, sir. Yeah, I think I've, I've been there a few times. In and out. Yep. Yeah, we all, we all have to just <laughs> drink water and find our fucking peace. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And it's just, just... Especially now with what everyone's going through as well. It's it's hard to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's, well, I hate using the term because it's been broadcast on TV all the time it, is, it really is unprecedented times it's you know this is ground that we've never we've never stepped on you know not our yeah. not our age our generation haven't you know the the older guys the people that have been lucky enough to get to the sort of hundred and whatevers have been through it before with you know World War One, World War Two, and Spanish Flu and stuff like that but we certainly haven't nope and uh, yeah, we'll just have to see it's trusting people that we're being told not to trust, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a hard one. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's the age of information that makes it so hard to put our trust in anything anymore. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a lot of bad information out there. Don't get me wrong. The yeah. internet's not perfect. It's far from it. Yeah. But if you know how to look for it, if you, if you can find credited sources to basically back up any kind of like you know research that you're doing mm -hmm. uh you eventually come to realize that shit who do i trust i'm not sure who to trust i can't trust the politicians i can't trust local government i can't trust my fucking neighbor so <laughs> i know i know and that's the worst part about it isn't it that's the part that's mentally fucking everybody yeah man because everything's so contradictory as well you know, even down to the symptoms, how you can catch it, where you can catch it, what you should do, where they're, it they're evolving. This, this, and that. No, it's it's the the, the fucking narr the narrative is changing so much. Yeah. That you just kind of really know that it's all blather. Like they don't know what the fuck they're talking. About. No. Because everything's a symptom. Everything is a symptom. If you really look at it now, everything is stomach ache, sore throat, eyes watering, sneezing, earache. You know, it started off as being. 
you know, it, it was hitting elderly people, it was a dry cough, it was a temperature, you know, it's not. If you really look and you, you look through, well, it is in the UK anyway, the, the symptoms list is pretty much everything, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's just, no, but if you really sat there and, and really thought about it, you know, if you go through your daily feelings, like, there'll be parts in the day where you think, you know, oh, I feel a bit dizzy, or you have a nosebleed, or in this, right now, if you were to have a nosebleed in the next two days, you'd be Googling, is nosebleed part of, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. somewhere you will find someone saying, yes, nosebleed is one of the most significant symptoms. You know, it's exactly. it's hard, and then everyone's got the conversation. We're doing it now. It is a, it is a topic of conversation because fear, the fear in people, whether they admit it or not, is we're social animals. We're you know, the fear is creating us, pushing us to talk to other people, and the way that you um, you learn from others is by expressing your fear to them. You know, like. Do you feel yep. like this? Yep. What do you think? Do you think it's going to get better? Do you think it's going to go away? Do you think, you know, it's those sort of questions. And then you take on their opinion. And obviously some people are more doom and gloom than others. And then you get more, you know, for me, I absorb more, um, you know, darkness. I start getting a little bit more anxious. Okay. Yeah, a bit more anxious about it. And uh, yeah, I had, I had quite, when this first sort of started, the first maybe three weeks, I would say I was I was in quite a bad place with it all. You know, like yeah. quite bad. Like I believed the world was ending. You know, it was like every everyone was going to die. I sort of created this this process in my head that you know it took my wife to say, you know, man up and and we need you. We need you as a husband, as a father to to deal with this. You know, and uh, all of a sudden I thought, yeah, yeah, I need to deal with this. You, hey, you responded well to being woken up, though. I mean, some people don't fucking wake up when you ask them to. Yeah. I mean, you were asked to, you know, you were asked to step up to the plate because, you know, shit needs to get done around the house. I get it. I have a wife. I have kids. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we have to put on a certain face as parents, as male figures. And, yeah, it, at least she realized that you were human and, you know, sometimes you're going to go through shit, but you have to also play that role. So, yeah. you have to... You have to step out of being that regular human that we all are. So yeah. I completely, I commend you for being able to step out of yourself and being able to step up in the playthrough. Thank you. I commend you on coming across as such a um, a happy soul, man. You've got you've got happy vibes about you, you know. Hey, you, man. I've I've gone through some shit in my life, buddy. So uh, it's just like I try to choose my battles wisely, and mm. that's literally how I live my day to day. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I used to be quite fiery. I mean, like you know, you know, I, w- I wouldn't let anyone sort of. It was attack first before they attacked me. You know, like, like I am. Yeah. Yep. And that was that's from my past. That was from my my you know my upbringing. And it's sort of taken me. I'm 41 years old now, and I would say in probably about the last five six years, there's been a real building process where I've just now I just think I can't be asked with that. <laughs> you know, if you want, you want to say something, say something. But I'm not going to reply to you. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go down that route because it just, I, I end up more um, upset by the process. You know, it's like, yeah, what's the point of holding on to anger? Because there's only me that it's angering. It's not angering that other person. It's only me that's sat there festering on all the, you know, all the bad. 
well, they've sort of forgotten about it and walked off. If, you know, if I've had an argument with someone, it takes me like a week to get over it. Quite, quite, quite an emotional person, me. Even though I'm, I'm strong, but I'm, I'm, I'm quite emotional. I wouldn't say so is that why you thrash? Sorry. Is that why you thrash? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's a, it's a good outlet, dude. I, yeah. if I could, if I could do it, I would do it myself. Yeah, that's it. If I've got something to say, I'll do it that way. You know, if I've got a yeah. message, if I've got a message to give someone, it will come out in a song. It won't be a direct hit at that person. I won't mention the name. I won't mention the scenario. Hey, that's a it's a healthy way to do it. That's a great creative process. Yeah, it's almost therapeutic. Mm. It's weird as well when you look back at what you've created beforehand to how it fits into a time scale. Because I wrote a, a song around about maybe November last year, maybe maybe December, called Cellophane. And it's it's okay. basically about drug culture, you know, about these pharmaceutical companies selling drugs to people and it you know, like prescription drugs that are killing people. Not you know, not recreational drugs, I mean people that are hooked on what they think is helping them, painkillers and stuff like that. And the, and the song yeah. is basically about that but it, it you could really take it as being like like what we're going through now because it's kind of sounds a bit like a virus you know as it's spreading out on all the all the governments making money off of of a situation you know and it's like i was just listening back to it last night thinking wow that's quite you know the wording's quite quite poignant to what we're going through right now and it's like actually that wasn't bad writing because normally i hate my you know but yeah good artistry man it's weird isn't it so for you then, so you you uh, you do a lot of creating with Keith, is that right? Uh, as of I want to say the last two months now, we've been working like diligently on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Hmm. And has that been a hard process, or did it just come together and you were away? It, it was. It was honestly, it was so organic. Like I was already doing that production wise on my own on a day to day basis he was already kind of doing something similar with his music mm-hmm. and once we came together the the process even my process of making beats sped up Yeah. so I'm able to deliver multiple beats a day uh, and he can deliver deliver multiple tracks a day as well so yeah. uh, we've both been pushing the hell out of each other to be able to like output certain things and uh, we've I want to say we've compiled about four albums worth of music already wow. that we've been sitting on so but that's just that's that's because we decided because of this quarantine thing we're going to take advantage full advantage of it yeah and just just double down on our crafts and just do something different well, just no, that, try to yeah. do something yeah definitely do something different yeah go on continue yeah oh no and then uh it's it's also uh, with Keith, he's very motivational. Uh, he's very visual, and he's he's a visionary. Uh, and uh, every time I talk to this guy, he has a new plan, and he's he's already set it into motion. And he's networking with people, working with other other artists. And I've taken a lot of what he's doing and kind of embedded it in my process. Yeah. So uh, I've been reaching out to other producers. I've been trying to reach out to other artists because I also, you know, um, I can rap. Uh, I can sing. I don't feel very comfortable singing too much on the microphone yet, but eventually it'll come out. Uh, yeah. I actually want to 
I want to start a, a prod metal band if I ever could. Like, it's something I want to do. Mm. So, that, eventually, that's something that's going to be in the works. And um, so, with that, um, our day to day process has basically just grown into the whole NBC movement. And that's just basically what we're doing. It's just we're pushing the movement. We're pushing uh, the Grant Four production style. We're we're uh, pushing the Grant Four NBC combo. It's just a little bit of you know just just pushing the shit out of our our names so that we can basically just snowball all of this work that we're putting into something something I don't know like beneficial to the both of us. I mean we're we're starving artists, man. Like that's basically what every artist wants to do is to be able to manifest something out of nothing yeah so you know we're on the road dude at least i I feel like i my gut i feel like we're in the right path so i'm just gonna keep doing what i've been doing on a day-to-day yeah no yeah if it helps get through this time as well doesn't it the more creative you are at this moment in time yeah that's what created this podcast you know i I could talk to people generally, like face to face, and it's a completely different cup of tea when it's suddenly, you know, you're doing a a podcast and you know you're you're interviewing people in a sense, but trying to keep it casual and and free flowing and letting them talk about whatever they want to talk about as well because we all need it. It's that social touch right now. It's it's basically, you know, touching without touching, in it's sort of saying, you know, I'm here in this country, you're there in that country. We would never have done this, you know? We probably would never have crossed paths. So, it's nice. It's a nice... For me, it's easing my soul, my burden to what's going on, you know? It's making me connect. Because I'm quite an introvert person, even though I'm a performer and a singer. I'm quite closed off. Quite closed off. So, this is a good thing for me. This is my... My challenge to myself is to do this podcast to make sure that I can talk to people, you know? Keep talking. Yeah, because lockdown for me could be quite dangerous because I can quite easily lock myself away from people, you know. Gotcha. I get it. I, yeah, I'm quick to become a recluse myself. If it wasn't for my wife, I'd probably stay in my studio all day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I could lose like 15 hours and not even realize it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so. You live near each other then, you and Keith, is it, is it, um... So, Michigan, uh, where Keith is from, he's from Detroit. Yeah. He lives, I want to say, five to six hours away from me. Right. I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. So, uh, if he were to take a ferry across the lake, it would probably take him about three to four hours to get to me. Right. So, that's, that's distance, that's distance-wise how far away we are from each other. Right, so this is like a virtual working together, then, is it? Yes, um, yeah. it it'll change. It'll change once all of this passes. Yeah. But um, for now, yeah, definitely, it's it's been a we met on Twitter, uh, started emailing. Before you know it, we exchanged phone numbers, and we're on the phone talking almost every other day. So yeah, it it's grown into like an actual friendship aside from a business partnership. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. I've done that with a few people that I've collabed with, and um, a couple of guys that I, you know, work with, and one of them's become like a really, really good friend. Really good friend. So, 
it's nice as well. Yeah, it's great because he's like um, he's a drum and bass expert basically. You know, he can just what he can do drum and bass wise, and what he can do with with sort of sounds in general is 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 great. So we're kind of putting like a thrashy vocal over you know some drum and bass and trying to make it a little bit different to all this sort of death step and death core and all these you know what are out now. That but yeah, so we're getting there. We've wrote some some good stuff together. But he's doing his own thing, you know, he's got albums coming out, he's just done a um, a charity track, you know, for the NHS, which is our health service in England, so, you know, so people can donate to the the doctors and the nurses and stuff, so he's just released a track for that. He's got a record, com- oh. yeah, yeah, he's doing he's doing some great movements, and, you know, he's moving, he's moving well, but he's, uh, his creating process is all in his mix and his mastering, you know, he'll, he'll spend weeks on his mix and his master. And I, I, uh, I completely respect him for that because I'm a bit like impatient. I get shit done and I'm like, I want it out, you know. Let's get it out. Yeah, I'm like that too, dude. I, I, I respect when I hear a mix and it sounds so clean. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a sound that I don't care for, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hear it in my music. You can hear it in my music. It's not that I can't attain it. It's I don't care for it. Mm. I grew up listening to music that's noisy. Yeah. I grew up to distorted guitars. I grew up to that shit. You know what I'm saying? So when you listen to my uh, when you listen to my beats, if you hear that the kicks aren't necessarily too hip hop heavy, it's because they're not hip hop kicks. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's something else that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it so that the kick isn't the emphasis. The voice is. Mm-hmm. So, just little things like that were uh, just nuances that I've picked up on different genres that I know will work in hip hop. So I kind of like I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, I hope you like it. You know what I'm saying? I just hope people like it. I think if you if you're creating true music and you're really, you know, coming across like you are and what what you sent earlier that I listened to and I've listened to the other week on your SoundCloud page and stuff, you know. It's, that's just really good stuff. It's really, really Thank good. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's got depth. Depth isn't a word I normally use with music, but there's a lot of depth with with what you're creating. You know? Yeah. And I think Thank as you. well for me, it's like sometimes something just hits. You know, something just clicks. Something just fits right when you hear it. And I think you've definitely, especially. When it's you and Keith together as well, it's quite a, it's quite a sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. Yes, yeah, really. Yeah, you've got something, which is you, know, <sighs> you don't always get that. No, and I don't. I, I usually don't get the feedback either. So <laughs> I'm usually like living on a fucking prayer, like literally <laughs> every single time, yeah. because people are afraid to give feedback. And my thing is just like. I always hear the, uh, this sounds weird, or I'm not necessarily into this, but I never get the, oh, you guys are doing a great job, unless it's like a close friend who mm-hmm. listens to my shit. Mm-hmm. I need the stranger to come out of the woodworks and start telling me about doing something right. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's weird, isn't it? It's, it's a very weird, yeah. weird it's process. So, I mean, and that's the thing, like, um, I, I value, I value my opinion more than I value others' opinions, but I'm also understanding that the value in my music isn't brought by me. Mm. The value in my music is brought upon by other people. So others have to like it. They have to. 
or not. So depending on people's choices, I can become the next such and such, or I can just be a dud, dude. Nobody <laughs> <And laughs> listens to my shit. No, I don't think that. I don't, no, I think in this day and age now, it's it's uh, there's levels, isn't there? There's all these levels. You're either a super super producer or you're still working. You know. Yep. You'll be working one way or another. That's the way I look at it with vocals. I'll either make it to a point where you know I'm doing my own thing and and it's my own music and you know I've made it up there, or, or I'll just go back to to gigging, you know, the, the bread and butter of pubs, clubs, and shitholes, you know? Yeah, man. Sometimes you do, you gotta do what you gotta do, and those small places can humble the hell out of you, man. And also teach you a skill. Because there's, there's being stood on a stage and being the best singer or the best musician or the best DJ, if you can't work an audience, especially when there's only three of them in there, then three of, two of them don't want to watch you. Yeah, <laughs> so that leaves one person who's on your side, you know. Yep. If you can, I was in a touring duo, a, a two two man duo. We used to do boys to men, and you know, all, all sort of soul music. It was we went all over for about fifteen years professionally. From from Wednesday okay. from Wednesday to Wednesday, we were we were on the road touring, gigging, you know. Not massive, some were massive venues, some were small venues. We'd, in England, there's a big club circuit where there used to be, obviously not now, with this all happening, but yeah, what they call yeah. clubs. And uh, yeah, so we were working, we were making good money, and you know, it was just like the range of people that you come in contact with, you know, are quite volatile. Nothing like what you have in America. Americans are quite excited for music. You know, live performances, you're quite receptive of music, where English people need to be entertained and then you need to be good. They're the two things that matter. <laughs> That's what I love about British humor. <laughs> the fucking, it's so, like, it, it's. Man, Ricky Gervais, I think he's hilarious. Yeah. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he is. Oh, and you have to have a certain kind of like level of intellect to really appreciate mm -hmm. the things that he says. Oh yeah, and and honestly, uh, so with that, yes, I can imagine. I, I I think every British person that I speak to is fucking intelligent. I, to a certain level, I think you guys are really not just well spoken because of the goddamn language of yours, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, just well read. In general, I, I, every every person from the UK that I've encountered, that I've had the pleasure of speaking with, seems to know their shit. Mm. So, I don't know if you have a lot of idiots over there, but I know we have a lot of idiots over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, we do, yeah. Everywhere does, doesn't it? Yeah, we do. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think it's a nice connection, though, you know? I think there's certainly a nicer friendship between... USA and England than a lot of countries, I would say. I think we're quite yeah. res we're quite respectful of each other, aren't we? I think well, it's it, it's come to that, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it has come to that now over time, yeah. But no, yeah, I I think yeah, personally from a music there's experience, yeah, there's an appreciation for one another's culture, especially in the music, yeah. in the in the art industry, period. Yeah. 
But I definitely think I was just saying this to my wife the other night because I was in a in a, a rock band when I was about 15, 16. But they were all a lot older than me. They were like session musicians. And in England, we've got uh, American uh, military bases. It's basically like being in America. They make it look like a, a small America. And it was quite um, quite an honour to be invited onto one of these bases to play. We were like one of the first English bands to play on, on an American base in like 15 years. And the reception that we got, even though the band on before us were doing Deftones and Corn and Rage Against the Machine and doing it absolutely brilliant. And we were like an in excess, you know, we, we kind of sounded like in excess. But they just went absolutely crazy for it, you know? Okay, that's awesome though. Yeah, we wouldn't get that in Getting- England. And, and experiencing that, you were elated, weren't you? Like, you loved that shit, didn't you? Well, yeah, because for, for that for that hour and a half, you felt like you were something special. You know, you weren't just a pop band. You know? You were actually, people wanted to listen to you. They wanted to come up. And, we were doing covers as well. I mean, we were doing, I don't know if you, I mean, we did a lot. Because, uh, because I was young, my voice, I've always had a really high range. So we were doing stuff like Alanis Morissette and Skunk and Annecy and, you know, quite a lot of female uh, rock music, Evanescence and stuff like that. So, you know. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So we had we had a difference to people because I was young and it was like, oh, come and see the, you know, the young dude that's singing, you know, all this sort of American. We did, you know, we did quite a bit of Soundgarden and uh, um, Creed. You're naming a lot of really good bands, dude. Mm. Yeah. And for me, uh, well, Incubus as well. We used to do a hell of a lot of Incubus. Oh, yeah, Incubus is great. Yeah, they kind of lost it for me, though. When did you lose it with them? I think I, I think after Light Grenades, I kind of yeah, lost it. I was just going to say that. Light Grenades, they kind of went on a bit of a, a hippie trip for me. Yeah, like... I, I, it was too much for me. Yeah. Did you ever listen to Blind Melon? Uh, yes, I did listen to Blind Melon. Yeah, I loved Blind. I loved Blind Melon. I absolutely, really got into that sound. And uh, the first album, I bought the second album. The first album. Yeah. yeah. The first album. I bought the second album after after Shannon Hoon died and just couldn't. I no, couldn't, no, no, I couldn't get into it. But yeah. That um that Beastie Boys documentary that's out at the minute is really really interesting. I don't know if you've managed to watch that if you've seen I've, it. I've watched that. Yet. That is. Uh, I haven't watched. That's quite it's quite um fantastic to be honest. It's presented live on stage with Ad Rock and uh, Mike, Mikey D, and they basically talk you all the way through from when they first met, you know, Adam Yock and and it becoming the Beastie Boys and. And Rick Rubin and Def Jam Records, but it's all done on stage with like with with slideshow behind, you know, like and learning what those guys achieved between being fifteen and twenty two years old is just unreal, absolutely unreal. They yeah, they went from nothing to superstars to being ripped off by Def Jam Records to starting all over again, you know, creating their own sound again, and you know, like. Yeah, you just don't accept what these, you know, what creatives go through. And this, I tell you, there's a, a hell of a lot of famous musicians that have been ripped off so badly, so so badly. Yep. I mean, I'm not an, an NSYNC fan, but I watched a documentary on NSYNC, and 
they got absolutely bummed by uh, their management. Absolutely ripped off. I think they were because um, they were under the same management that had uh, Backstreet Boys. Gotcha. And whatever the Backstreet Boys couldn't do because they were tired, NSYNC used to cover. So they were like, for 10 years straight, they didn't have a day off. They were literally everywhere. You know, if they weren't rehearsing, they were, they were recording or, or dancing or, or performing. And um, they got them together after 10 years. They hadn't had received one paycheck in 10 years. And they got paid £10,000 each for 10 years worth of live shows and work. Yeah. I mean, you're talking like they were young lads. So they were still living at home, you know, with their mums and dads and stuff like that. So it was all right. They could like, oh, we're saving it. We're saving it. It's going to be a really big sum. When you know they were expecting like, you know, half a million dollars or something each, which they probably were actually entitled to. But uh, if you've got Netflix, you want to watch it because the absolute. I'm gonna have to. The I'm gonna have to. Them off. Sounds royally. And Justin nah. Justin Timberlake wasn't even gonna wasn't even gonna take the dude to court because he was already in talks with like Disney and someone else and someone else and it was that he was being like completely manipulated like if you do this you'll never work in the industry again and it took like one of the lower members to say no fuck this I'm 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 entitled to a hell of a lot of money and I'm gonna get it and they took him to court and they won but it was only like. Believe it or not, it was only about 10 years ago that they won the court case. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Man, <laughs> that is not cool at all. Oh. It, it sort of frightens you, really, doesn't it? Because, you know, everyone sort of wants a deal. Everyone wants to be signed. But then you hear this shit and you think, well, maybe it is better just doing it by myself, you know? That's why that's why Keith has been encouraging me to push independent and honestly I don't see another way. I don't see any other way. Not uh, with what we're doing. What we're, do- with what we're doing with what we're doing, I don't think we're gonna necessarily get a lot of the popular mode yet. I think we're gonna be very niche for a while. And that's cool with me. I really don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> but Yeah. But uh uh yeah, when it comes to that, yeah. Meh. It is what it is. Yeah. Do you know what I think, Grant? I think you What's might. What's up, man? I think you might be um, quite surprised in yours and Keith's future because I think music and music performance is on the verge of a big change because there isn't going to be very many live concerts or festivals or you know any kind of what we were used of from what is happening now. There isn't going to be mass social gatherings. And I would think that businesses and opportunities like what you two have got going, I think that's going to become the norm. And, you know, I think you are ready. You're in a place where you've been preparing all this music, you know, like storing food in a nuclear bunker, waiting for that nuclear bomb to go off. You've got all these... You've got all these songs, man, that are just ready to... To explode out to people that are, are waiting for that next movement, you know. And what if, yeah. what if the future of live performance is you two like 
not just you two, but artists like you two that have come together, working together, selling like a pay-per-view type of ticket that goes to a certain amount of people, that only then people see your concert, so if they buy to see you, they only get, you know what I mean? So you've got like an audience, you've got a specific audience, and that could be tied to your Instagram, that could be tied to your Twitter accounts, your Facebook, what? your YouTube. So you're gonna get, you are gonna get fans, you know. If you, if like, I think what on Keith's page is like forty thousand something followers, isn't there? Yeah, he's got like forty-eight thousand. Forty-eight thousand like followers. So you're gonna get like, let's think of it intelligently. You're gonna get at least half of that amount that are gonna be completely there because you you'll get forty thousand people say, yeah, I'm coming, but twenty thousand will turn up because that's yeah. hum, that's humans, isn't it? It's like Facebook. Yeah. That's Facebook parties, isn't it? Yeah, I'm coming to your birthday party and <laughs> no one comes. Yeah. But so so you expect like but yeah, no, honestly, I think right now I hate to say it like a whole new world, you know, a whole new world. <laughs> it is a whole new world. And it I think it's gonna be quite exciting and quite a beautiful um, learning curve with music. I think there is there's going to be a big niche for online, definitely yeah. on, online performance. I mean, you're seeing it happen already with the stars, but that's the stars. They're, they're really crying out for the money because they've been so, yeah. you know, they're so it, used. It, yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's almost like a cringe fest. I've started on following motherfuckers. <laughs> like, wow. It's when you start getting, but yeah. you start getting followed by someone who's got like, you know, like a famous person, it's like you, you come on your Twitter and you're like, "What?" <laughs> so and so, so and so follows you. Like, why? Why are you following me? You know, all of yeah, a sudden, yeah. Like John, John Cena follows me. Like, I, that's the weirdest fucking follow that I've got. Yeah. yeah. Wrestler, the wrestler John Cena. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, he talked. That was so weird. Yeah, it's quite strange, isn't it? It's a strange time. Yeah. But it's gonna be. It, it, it'll flatten. Right. Oh, I'm using I'm using virus terms. It will flatten the curve. <laughs> it will flatten the curve of these stars because everyone's going to be in the same boat, man. Yeah, and that's dude. And that's the that's the beauty of it. Like right now, I'm in the mind state where mm. okay, I may not have any major placements, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel I feel like my production quality is placement ready. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I'm thinking of guys that I admire as peers now. It's just like, dude, we're we're, we're fighting for the same plates now. Especially yeah. if I'm trying to aim for artists that you work with. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I'm we're peers. I I consider some of the big dogs to be my peers. Yes, I might not be like major league status, but I'm at the very least minor league status. Yeah. <laughs> I'm some I'm something. I'm something there. You know what I'm saying? Like, but um, I'm just ready to play ball. That's it. I'm just ready to play. Yeah. Put me in, coach. Yeah. Everyone's hungry to get out there now, aren't they? Yeah, bro. And and I love seeing it every day on Twitter. Like, it's just like, uh, I feel like um, a lot of what I'm doing on a day to day, I've been trying to like let 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 guys into my world. Like, just tweet little things about what I'm doing throughout the day. Uh. What yeah. my creative process might be, just little things like that, just so that guys see that I'm fucking busy as hell all day, but I find time for my craft so that I can show you guys something new about myself. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's good. It's good. And you certainly, you know, people will be checking the music out, and they will be, you know. I mean, just look at the connections you've had tonight before we're coming on here. You know, you've got a guy in Australia now who thinks your music's shit hot. You know, who's going to pass that on to someone else? And, you know, I've got people that will listen when I put it on my page that will be like, yeah, he's really good, you know. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yes. I, I saw a tweet earlier, I don't know, I can't remember who it was from, and it said something like, the guy with three followers retweets your, you know, your music, and he's got, that gets picked up by someone who's got 30 followers, yeah? And then he retweets it, and they've got 3,000 followers, and that gets retweeted to someone who's got 50,000 followers. And, it, you know, before you know it, someone with a million followers has seen your your music, you know? And it's like, I don't, I don't think about it like that. I just think it goes nowhere. You know, I put it on my page and no one sees it. Yeah. But, I used to be like that. Yeah. And then uh, I want to say Keith really changed my mentality. Uh, about how, because he really, he data mines, dude. He looks at the numbers, everything, the tweet impressions, the treat, the, the tweet link impressions. Mm-hmm. He looks at uh, uh, even SoundCloud data. He looks at, he breaks all of that shit down on a daily basis. Yeah. And what I've come to realize is that my traffic has definitely increased. Yeah. Like in the last week, um, even today, it just at. I want to say at my time, like around noon, it just, for some reason, it fucking skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just little things like that. I'm starting to notice differences on a day-to-day basis. And with him, with Keith, it's just like he wants to make one fan a day. Yeah. One fan. That's at at, very, at the very least, make at least one fan a day. Yeah. And I'm starting to have the same kind of goals where I try to turn non-believers into believers or just little things like that to where it's just like, you don't always have to make it or turn something into a fight or an argument. You can yeah, always yeah. turn it into finding common ground. I prefer finding common ground. I'm not necessarily the most peaceful person, but I try to be pacifist. Like, but if you push me enough, I'll pass a fist through your fucking mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, <laughs> that's, yeah. but that's, that's, you know, that's, I try not to get there. I, I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I'm a bit that, like that. Uh, well, I'm quite That's a lot. I, yeah, I let it show in my music. I'll let that. I'll let that out in my music sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I yeah. said, I'm a huge metal fan. Like, I let it out that way. Uh, the the physical aspect of it. That's why my music kind of takes shape of, you know, that headbanging. Like, I I wanted it to be that so that it felt like it's it's moshing music, but it doesn't necessarily have to play like it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I get ya. Yeah, I'm a bit like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't go to a gym and, and do a heavy weight session listening to like Backstreet Boys or something, you know, it's, good. <laughs> it's gotta be like, it's gotta be something that's ripping my soul apart with anger, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I've, ripping those muscles apart, man. I've always been, I've always been drawn to that angry music, you know, just that, I call it angry music because, you know the sound of it and the guitars and the and the noise, but I could quite easily go to sleep like listening to quite a lot of really heavy music because it calms my brain. Hey, I've got that's a good. well, yeah, I've got quite a fucking psychopathic brain. <laughs> I used to look. Fun fact: this is no bullshit. I'm not bullshitting. This is not just for a story. 
uh, at one point in my early 20s, I got really heavy into meditation. Yeah. And uh, the only time I had privacy to meditate was on the city bus ride to my job. Mm. So I would throw on my headphones and listen to Avenged Sevenfold yeah. while meditating. Yeah. 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 I did that shit for, I yeah. want to say, a couple of months straight where it was just like, even even just like, I love metal in general. And so mm-hmm. it, it, it calms me down the same way. It really yeah, does. Same here. Yeah, same here. It's like um, I'm, I've really started to sort of find my love back for like Sepultura, you know, early Sepultura and okay, and uh, yeah. yeah, and just sort of fight rediscovering what I discovered when I was seventeen years old, you know, and I'm I'm feeling that again at forty one, you know, put it on in the car and I'm getting that same buzz of the first time when I heard you know Roots, Bloody Roots or Chaos AD, you know, it was just like. And, and I'm finding myself listening to this music to go to sleep because the, the, my day job is quite stressful and what it does when I listen to this music, I sort of I flatline, my, my brain sort of flatlines into a, into a nothing, you know, like I'm listening to everything, I'm hearing everything, I'm, I'm absorbing everything, but I'm not thinking about anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's a really, it's like a state of, of, that, yeah. Man, of when, weird. when you reach that point, it's addicting. It's addicting though. Cause mm. it, it's, it's rare. It's rare. Uh, I want to start meditating again just so that I can feel that again. The way I explain it, it's like, I haven't, I haven't been high in years. I've, I can't really smoke weed. I, I, I Why can't. not? Because I don't get the good side of it. Because I don't do it enough. All I get is the bad side of it, like feeling like I can hear into the future and the, <laughs> and the floors moving underneath me, you know? <laughs> you never get past that stage. No, no. All of a sudden I can hear two weeks into the future, you know, like I can, oh, hear, I can hear a cow five miles away, you know, it's like, and then I just get the giggles. Oh. I wish, I wish I felt that way, but I'm a very, I'm a functioning weedaholic. Yeah, which is, I would love to be there, because I think, I got really into smoking a, um, a tobacco pipe, you know, like an old man's pipe. Okay. And there's, if you do it correctly, it is kind of like meditation, and if you use the tobacco, especially the sort of gourmet tobaccos, in the correct way, you, you kind of get the same high as you do... Yeah euphoric feeling yeah, yeah that nicotine yeah it's right yeah and the first couple of times i did it was was quite like i was sick you know that like it made me sick and then i got used of it and i sort of rode it a bit and i got better and better at the breathing technique with being a singer as well i sort of already yeah. already knew how to sort of fluctuate between sort of you know breathing through my nose and my mouth taking the not taking it in not inhaling it but holding you know holding enough so that you were you was inhaling it to an extent but not right into your lungs and yeah I, I, you know I'd love to be at the stage where I was a functioning weedaholic but it just doesn't do that to me so the only the only way I can explain how I feel when I listen to quiet thrashy music going to sleep is you know when 
you're getting drunk and you're just at that stage where you know you you know that you're intoxicated but you're not intoxicated you know you're not at the point where you're like annoying and slurring and falling over you just you know that you are no longer um got inhibitions you're no longer worried about shit you know you've got to that stage where yeah the fucking kick bin the fucking kick bin yeah that's it yeah and I think I think that's why I get the same kind of elated feeling from music certain music especially if I'm discovering something for the first time you know like I've stuck YouTube on and I've just let it roll I haven't put a search in I've just gone on the first fucking thing that I've seen and listened to it and been like yeah I like that you know or, or I don't like that and then I move on to the next song, or... Do you ever do that? Yes, I actually... I, I, I call that the YouTube black hole. Mm. Hell yeah. You have to do that once in a while, man. That's how you discover new sounds. That's how you... That's how you find a band that you fucking didn't know existed. That's yeah. how you do a little shit like that, or else you're just gonna listen to the same shit over and over again. Me and my wife do it. Me and my wife do it on a on a... Not every Saturday night, but sort of once a fortnight, we'll sit and have a drink together, and we'll put YouTube on, and we'll start off with old stuff from when we were kids, you know, like what she liked, what I liked, and we have a laugh at that kind of stuff, and then we kind of move out into, like, let's just watch this dude, or let's just watch this lass, and, you know, we'll sit there and watch these people, and, mate, one night we ended up watching the French version of The Voice. It was all in French. We had no idea what they were saying, but just listening to the, you know, listening to some of these people's voices was just amazing. It was, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, we were completely intoxicated at this point because, yeah, you know, but still, you not easily impressed, but you were impressed. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the, with the rawness of it, I bet you you weren't looking at it from a technical aspect anymore. No, even the language barrier didn't matter because the. Yeah. the the drug, the alcohol, was was squashing that. You know, it was no longer a language. I wasn't hearing a foreign language. I was just hearing like beauty. You know, just just pure art, I suppose, pure creativity. You know, and I think I know this has got quite heavy quite quickly and a bit weird, but it is for me musical. Sorry, musical music is a is a complete trip. It's like being on acid. If you if you find the right music at the right time in the right place of your life, if you're feeling a certain thing at a certain time and that, that right band with the right song or the right track comes on and it just hits and it complements the way you are feeling at that moment in time, you will never forget. Yep. You will never forget that song. You will never forget it. I mean, That's so true. Yeah, for me there was a there was a band right called POD. Do you ever remember POD? I know POD. Yeah, yeah. Born Death. I know who that. Yeah, I only knew one song, and that was something about I wish I could fly. Was it? Uh, I feel yeah. so alive. Yes, it. Yeah. 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 Well, that was playing on the radio when I had quite a significant car crash. Right. <laughs> And the weird bit, the weird thing is, is I'd never seen the video to that song until after I had a car crash. Mm. And there's, there's quite a significant car crash in the song. 
And it was weird yeah. when it's like, ah, oh, I believe I can fly. I was actually midair, upside down, <laughs> you know, like going into a field. And uh, yeah, Lord. I came out un- unscathed, completely unscathed, not not even a scratch. Thank God. Thank God. But it was just, it was a strange process to hear that song come on MTV and see the video and be like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, I was basically in your music video because uh, it was like the same scenario, you know, and like, I have never forgot that band. I've never bought an album. I've never listened to the song since, but I just reeled off to you straight away. P.O.D. I couldn't remember the song P-O-D. was called, you know. Or, no, but you listen to P.O.D. Yeah. Yep. You know, so like for me, I just think, I just think music is, is, is like a seventh sense. Yeah, we have six senses. Uh, I think I think music is like our seventh sense because, well, I don't know because some people are like really weird because like some people you'd be like, oh, do you like this song? Oh yeah, yeah, I like the tune, but I, I don't really listen to lyrics. What do you mean you don't listen to lyrics? You know, like how can you not listen to the lyrics in a song? Uh some people. Are weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm trying to. Look, I'm trying to put myself in somebody else's shoe right now. That's what I'm. I'm trying to play a scenario in my head. Because personally, I listen to lyrics. I listen to melody. I listen to harmony. I listen to uh, vocal breakdowns in general. But that's because I'm a fan. Yeah. I was in choir. I was in choir as a kid. Uh. So I. I'm not afraid to sing. I'm not. I've never been afraid to sing. Um, no. So when I'm enjoying music, uh, I prefer, I do prefer to have the lyrics in front of me because sometimes diction, man, some people don't enunciate or just they, or some of their patterns are just a little difficult and they force it. Mm-hmm. So you just have to see what it is that they're really saying to get the whole message. And I sit there and I dissect the shit out of it while reading lyrics at least once or twice and then I'm able to just listen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because there's, no, there's nothing worse than not having the lyrics in front of you and listening to something and creating an idea in your head of what uh, those words are and it's completely fucking different and then you're like, what? <laughs> that's not that's not the fucking feeling that I created that with that happens, song. That happens more often than not. Shit. <laughs> that happens way more often than that. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, totally. I thought, I, I don't know if it was Whitney Houston. Is, is it Whitney Houston with um, I'm Saving All My Love? I'm saving all my love. I'm saving... Yeah, that, that, is, that is Whitney Houston. I thought it was I'm sailing on a log. I'm sailing on a log. Yeah. Yes, I'm sailing on a log. Yeah. But it made perfect. Oh, shit. I was only it, young. And it made sense to you, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, to you, it made fucking sense. Right? And that's the thing. That's the beauty of it. Because honestly, you can interpolate that shit later. Yeah, because I was that innocent. I was that innocent in my mind that sailing on a log didn't sound funny. It sounded... <laughs> it, it worked. Because she was sailing on a log to you. You know, I'm sailing on a log to you. <laughs> You know, when someone was like, no, I'm, I'm saving all my love, I was like, oh, man, I don't like that song anymore, you know? Because <laughs> it's sort of... But, 
Yeah, I'm you quite... Can save that. Pocket that shit for later, man. I'm quite bad for that, though. And I'm... And everyone, my, like, well, my best friend and my wife is like, you are a terrible singer. Not as in, like, my vocal. I'm a terrible singer because I don't know words and I get them wrong all the time. You know, if I'm covering a band, like, I just make shit up, man. Half the time, like... I learn it, I learn it, but then I forget it. I get nervous when, like, I start recording or doing it live, and I'll just start making my own words up. (laughs) Nah, not... (laughs) Which is weird, you know, because when I'm doing, like, an opera song in a foreign language, it's bang on, it's perfect, but... No, and uh, I commend you for that, because I know... uh, Just because I I speak Spanish and English, I'm able to just... Phonetics. I'm really good with phonetics. Yeah. So, uh, I, opera singers, you guys are always, always singing in a different language most of the time. So yeah. I commend you a lot, if, especially if it's like Italian. <laughs> Dude, I commend the hell out of you. Yeah, what, what singing in Italian has taught me is, is, um, a lot of versatility when, with the palate. Before, before I learned to sing in Italian, Stuff vocally was sometimes a bit of a push. You was pushing more with your throat and your chest. Once you've mastered how to phrase and, and phonetically bring stuff forward in Italian with power, you know, with projection, it's a very strange experience vocally because you're not using as much power, like pushing. You're sort of opening up like your air banks and letting this this word in like roll off the tongue that's the only way to explain it it's like a yeah it's a rolling yeah and it took me a, a really long time because I'm I was born with a bit of a speech impediment I've got what they call a tied I've got oh. I've got a tied tongue you know um basically that you know like the bit of string under your tongue you've got like a little yeah my sister my sister yeah. has the same thing so yeah. Yeah, I had quite a bad lisp, and I'm deaf in my left ear. So, yeah, I shouldn't really be able to do what I do, because I'm... But you do do it. Yeah, but I do it. But it's helped, to be honest, because I've got my own, I've got my own monitoring system, you know, because I can't hear out that ear, I can hear it in my head. But that's the thing, yeah, you told me about the vibrations in your head, I can only imagine that's what you got used to. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's weird, you know, when you when you go from singing opera to sort of normal singing, is how like opera resonates in your chest. You know, like you really feel it in your heart and in your chest. And then you go to singing something like just normal, and you don't feel anything while you're singing it. You know, you just there's no. It's like I imagine like being blind and then someone taking the blindfold off, and all of a sudden you could see. You know, it's like oh. I've got so used it to is, yeah, feeling my way, yeah. yeah. So, for you, what do what do you feel when you're creating? Do you have do you have an emotional feeling tied to your music? Do you have like a do you get you know do you get weird feelings while you're creating? Weird feelings, uh, you know. Honestly, like, do you tie? I, I think I be, sorry, what's up? I was just trying to reiterate. Do you tie like an emotion to something when you're creating? Do you, does it draw you back to stuff? Does it, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and honestly, like, uh, I daydream a lot yeah. when I make my, so I'm recreating a scene in my head, and honestly, that's what uh, usually is the driving force behind the direction that I take. 
Yeah. With the beats I'm, I'm, I'm making. So, yeah, dude, hell yeah. That's oh, kind of what I was I was hitting at, yeah. Yeah. Every beat, if you if if you look at my Twitter, for yeah. example, every time I release a beat, I always have a little passage that goes with it. Mm-hmm. It's usually related to the beat in some way or just it related to the person that inspired the beat. Yeah. You know? So so yeah, uh even the title and the imagery that I use, it's a little bit tied into what I was thinking when I created the beat. So yeah. hell yeah, definitely. Oh good, I'm glad. Because I couldn't word it right, but when you said daydreaming, that's the perfect expression for what I was... What Dude, I was hell yeah, daydream like yeah. a motherfucker when I get my beat. Do you find that you have a bit of a psychic process before you start writing something? Like maybe, maybe like a few days before you create, you've already kind of subconsciously started creating what you're going to go to, you know, like Keith says, oh, let's work on a track. You've maybe like four days before subconsciously started to work on a track. Do you understand what I mean? Like, yeah. do, do you ever just create completely out of scratch? Or have you already uh, got that little blueprint in your mind of where you're going? Now that I think about it, uh, maybe I do prepare a little bit before I go into writing. I like it to be more natural. Yeah. Uh, if I force it, I tend to write something that f- sounds like I'm frustrated. And I yes. don't like to come off as frustrated in my writing. Because I'm usually not frustrated. So, uh, if I am not in the mood, I'm usually not going to write. If I'm not in the mood, I can force myself to make a beat. Mm-hmm. Because I can translate that into the beat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it won't offend anybody, per se. Yeah. So... But when it comes to writing, yes, I kind of live a little bit, experience certain things, have things make me feel a certain way, you know, listen to the news, see what the fuck's going on there, mm. uh, go through my Twitter feed, see what people's opinions are today, just little things like that, just to see if I can build off of, that's a, that's that's an idea that I got from Keith as well, the Twitter thing, mm. the Twitter thing is actually very, very, very effective, um, just because I've gotten a lot of interaction, so I get a lot of different reactions on uh, Twitter. So it's it's nice to be able to change the subject every time I write a new verse. Yeah, like it's never the same. It's never the same. It, I completely agree with you on the Twitter thing. Um, when I first joined Twitter, which was October, November of last year, I was putting out opera songs. I was doing an English version, an Italian version, a French version. And I was spending a lot of time doing it. Not only was I doing that, I was trying something completely raw to me, which was YouTube. Basically filming myself miming these songs, you know, which I deleted. I got rid of YouTube because it was just, for me, it was soul destruction because, it, Man. you know, it was just such people hard. On people are YouTube. They, the people on YouTube, I feel, I feel like YouTube is full of a lot of motherfuckers who, who don't create themselves. Yeah. So they don't have a filter yeah. on how to approach another human being. Like, I understand, I understand the need to be cruel to someone who is cruel to you, but mm-hmm. just pure cruelty out of just to be spiteful is so weird to me. I just think it's a lot of energy being wasted for no reason. Yeah. And then you make a person feel like shit. And 
not everybody has thick skin, dude. So no. my thing is, I have children, and I know that they're probably going to get offended here and there online because there's that's how the internet culture is. Yeah. But but it's also to a point where if my kid is point at the point of suicide because something's going on. Yeah. You know that's that's just like all right then. There's a huge problem with, and there's too much power that you're giving to the other person. By the way, uh, that's one thing I try to teach my kids: don't give anybody fucking power over how you feel. No, no, uh, not like seriously. So online, that that I, I can only imagine what they, how they made you feel, and it was probably discouraging someday. But what I truly, truly yeah. have come to understand is: fuck those people. <laughs> they yeah. mean nothing to you. And they do nothing for your growth. I was, um, it was a weird period of time for me because, as I said, like, I'm, I'm, I would just turn 40, really. So I'm 41 now. And, um, I was start, I wasn't, but I, for me, I could see it more than anybody else. I was starting to lose my hair at the front oh, shit. of my head. Which is it's fine. I've shaved my head off. My hair's gone. It doesn't bother me. Uh, not gotcha. not bald, bald, but I was starting to just sort of get a bit of thinning hair, you know, for the first time in my life. And yeah, there was more comments on you know you losing your hair than oh lord than like you know material. Oh yeah. god. And I'm not one that normally gets bothered by stuff, but it bothered me. You know? Hey, I understand, man. I get it. I yeah. get it. That they, they weren't even focusing on the art. Like that has to be frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It bothered me a little bit. But what that what that caused is obviously I, I come off YouTube not because of that. I, you know, I'm a really weird creature, me. Because like it, two days were like, oh man, I can't believe this. I can't believe you know it hurt me, and then the next bit was like attack, attack, attack. You know. And I basically got a bit, like, aggressive with people and, like, you know, your keyboard warrior and all this, you know, like, sort of getting really aggressive with people. Yeah, so, yeah I get it. Yeah. Which made me look, in turn, worse, really. You know, it made me look unintelligent. And the, <laughs> and the one thing that I don't want to look is is unintelligent, you know, because I'm an, I'm an intelligent person. And like my wife said, yeah, you look, you look, you look unintelligent for doing that. You know, you look... You look as bad as they are because you've, you've retaliated. You barbarian. Yeah, you hoogalan. <laughs> so I come off YouTube just because I thought, it, to be honest with you, Grant, I think it's a waste of fucking time. You know what I mean? It's a lot of effort, a lot of, a lot of effort, and it goes nowhere. It's dead. It's, it's dead. I, YouTube isn't for me. Personally, no, it's not, not for me. me. I, I see it works for people who have been doing it for like a decade now, mm-hmm. but I I don't see a lot of motherfuckers really hitting like that right now. Like it's really, it's yeah. That I don't want to fight that game, and I can say the same thing about beat stars. But that's again my personal opinion. Yeah, the little things like that. Where I can imagine beat stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, everybody. Beatstar, uh, Sorry, sorry. Everyone's got no, a beat no, no. stars page, didn't they? Everyone, everyone's making beats. Yeah, everybody, everybody. And I understand, like, there. But there's, like you said, there's levels to this shit. So for me to be on beat stars and compete with somebody who 
sells okay beats, like, and he's at the top of the list, and it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna get into those politics. I'm not in it for that. Like, no, I don't want to play this hashtag game with you guys. I don't want to, no. So I, I honestly, my email is probably like the only way that you can really get a hold of my beat. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think if I'm, you, I want to have personal interaction with people. You yeah. Know? Like, I want to get to know these artists. I want to, I want to actually have a little conversation before they go and do whatever it is they want to do. This is an agreement. This isn't necessarily a, you can do whatever it is you want with my beat. <laughs> go ahead and, and shit on it. No, I don't want you to shit on my beat. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, I like that. I like the fact that it's, it, you know, if it's harder to work with someone because you can't contact them, you know, like, there isn't a DM, you know, no message thingy available, or there's no, like, link immediately for beat stars or whatever. You've literally got to converse with that person to get to the point where you can say, can you send me something, you know? Yep. To the point where they know that you're not just saying, can you give me a free beat because I don't want to pay for it. You're basically saying, look, me and you have been connecting for a month now. We speak every day. I class you as a friend. Can we work together? You know? But people just can't do that. People can't say, can we work together? Can, you know, can I try something with one of your beats? Can, can, you know, and just so much pride involved. It's. And you know what? I try, I try my best because I am a proud person. Don't yeah, get me wrong. I am. I'm, I am. Proud. I'm proud in the work that I do. Mm. Uh, but, um, when it comes to, Artists approaching me, I think ego needs to be taken out of the picture. Like, seriously. Because I am not easily impressed by a lot of shit, and that's not because I think I'm too cool for school. It's just because I've been listening to really cool shit all my life, so therefore, you know, I've, Mm -hmm. I already looked up to superstars, you know what I'm saying? I look up to superstars who've been doing it, so, like, I'm in awe of those guys. That's yeah. who I'm in awe. I so, get it. I get it. Yeah, I find it so, really, 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 really upsetting when there's someone on there that's like, you know, on Twitter, for instance, they've got like 240 followers, and they're putting on their on their fucking, you know, um, tweets, you know, collabs from 150. Qu- I ain't paying to collab with you, mate. You know, if you. Oh. Want- you you want to work together? Let's work. But I'm not giving you any money. And it's not even the, the it's not even the follower thing. Because some people I say uh, are pretty good for the follower count that they oh, have. Yeah, yeah. But that, that aside, uh, yeah. That, but that aside, but that aside, I completely agree with you. There's a lot of motherfuckers overcharging mm-hmm. because I go to these guys' links. There's Spotify links. There's SoundCloud links. All that shit. I listen to their work, and that price does not match what their catalog is yeah. at all. And I, my thing is just like, I understand you're trying to hustle, but you're putting the money before the art because your art doesn't speak for your work right now. It's yeah. just not there yet. It just isn't quite there yet. You know how much I charge for features? No. I'm going to tell you how much I charge for features. I charge 60 bucks for features. Yeah. What's yeah, that? I charge. What do they get for that sixty bucks though? Is that like the full lease of your track? For 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 
uh, for my verses. Oh, for you putting a verse, I thought you meant your tracks, sorry. Yeah, for yeah. Just, just for my verses. For my tracks, dude, for my tracks, you want to know how I do it? I always do the first, when I decide, or when we both decide as producer and artist that we want to work together, Yeah. the first one is usually for the culture, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one's always for the culture. I appreciate your work, I just want you to rap on my shit. After that, we can t- start talking prices, because yeah. my prices are kind of high, bro. They really are. My beat prices... They're a little high, but depending on the artist that I work with, we have different fucking relationships. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. I yeah. give different discounts. I give, I give. You know, like Keith. Keith and I have a way different relationship than what I and I have with other artists. Just oh, because yeah. Keith gravitated towards my sound very early on. Yeah, he's from the ground up, and yeah. you know now others are starting to like really kind of. Like, jump on the bandwagon. There's a couple of other artists who have been there from the ground up as well. Don't get me wrong. Like, Already Free uh, and A Felon, uh, Karma as well. Um, they've always kind of been around the Grand Force sound regardless. Yeah. But um, uh, for verses, I'm, I, I, like I say, 60 bucks is actually pretty fucking cheap. For, I, I knock out verses in a day. Like, I literally will knock out a verse for you in a day and I'll get it back to you. Yeah. Like, I don't play that shit. That I, that's the same thing that, that Keith does. So, um, my thing is, it's, it's not just, I'll knock it out in a day. It'll actually sound fire as well. You yeah. know, like I put a time into my writing process to where I can deliver quickly now. Mm-hmm. So with the price tag, you kind of get a lot for a little bit. And honestly, I don't always charge either. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to, come out of the blue and be like, I want a Grant 4 feature, I'm going to charge you. Yeah. But if we have a relationship, why would I necessarily charge you? I don't understand that. Yeah, that's kind of what I was, yeah, that's kind of what I was hitting at originally was, was you know, how about we, not not you and I, I'm just saying in general, you know, how about we work, do something first to build a trust, to build a bond, you know, build yeah. build, build a level understanding. Like, like you were saying about Keith, You've you've built a um, a working partnership. That's that's completely different. Yeah. You know, I'm just hitting a guy up that I've listened to like five minutes of one of his tracks. You know, and thought, yeah, I like that sound. You know, I wonder what else he's got. And you know, you just sort of run a couple of tracks off, and if he's like, yeah, man, it's two hundred dollars, I'm like, nah. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I'll never, I'll. N- I can't, I can't be that guy, man. Cause if, if you're reaching out to me, if you're reaching out to me already, that's making me feel good about myself. Mm. Yeah. That's right there. You're, you're already telling me you like my shit. Whether you try to act cool about it or not, you reached out. So stop yeah. fronting first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, but secondly, after that, it's more like your approach. Yeah. You want something from me. What do you have in return? Yeah. Like some people always go to the monetary, and it's not necessarily a monetary thing. Yeah. I honestly would rather get to know you as a person and know that you're not, or not even not, but that you are taking this art seriously. Yeah. That's all, that's all I'm looking for, yeah. honestly. People who are like-minded. Yeah. I want you to be serious and passionate about your work, because if you're not, we probably won't vibe. That's it, yeah. You see, for me, 
I don't really, you'll notice with me, the more you get to know me, I won't mention anything on anyone's music. It doesn't mean I don't like it or I like it, yeah? If I like, yeah. if I like your music, I'll do what I've done to you tonight. And I, I'll do it in an emotional fashion because that's me. I'll put, man, I fucking would love to put a vocal over this. Do you know what I mean? That is actually me sat there thinking, I can, I can see me singing on this track. Yeah, yeah. that. I love that that you were able to come out of out of your shell because you don't. I mean, I understand that you're not necessarily very vocal online, no. but you were cool enough to come through and say. Hell yeah, I would love to fuck with that. And you know what? Honestly, I will probably send you the track. Keith already talked about making a fucking remix. I can send you that shit. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Like, uh, you know, the three of us as a project, just, just to, yeah. just to see if I can do something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, obviously, yeah. I, I, when we were originally talking about price, and you said sixty dollars, I was thinking you was meaning beat lease. I was like, man, you need to raise your prices. No, no. <laughs> Beat price as hell. No, look, look. Honestly, man, like, I don't, I don't want to like throw anybody off and make this a numbers game because it really isn't. It isn't about the money. It, it really is not. No, no, no. But you also can't expect me to fucking be a starving artist all my life. No. <laughs> like that's unacceptable. I have, I have things that I need to get for my kids and for my wife and mm-hmm. for myself. So, uh, so yeah, there's a goal in mind, and with that, there's certain price points for certain for a couple of my beats. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want top notch, I'm gonna charge you a little bit for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't have a relationship, like I said, that relationship discount is huge. It's very huge in my book. Uh, so especially if you run around with the whole NBC movement, yeah. it's like damn yeah. near free. So it's just like. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of benefits that come to that. So uh, stay in touch, man, and you never know. <laughs> That's it, yeah. The problem is, is right, is that that people don't accept arts, the arts, don't accept the arts for money unless you are famous or you know well known, right? So yeah. basically, you you wouldn't like look through you know, the internet, and you wouldn't pick, like, the most famous plumber to come and fix your toilet, would you? You'd, you'd pick a plumber. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd right? pick a fucking plumber uh, that I can afford. <laughs> yeah, you're going to pick a plumber you can afford. But that, plum, uh, that plumber's still going to come with a call-out charge, yeah? You're talking $50, $60, yeah. $80 just to come out. Then you're talking yep. maybe $100, $200. you are looking at, like, $400, yeah, to get, to get whatever fixed. Yep. So how long does it take you to make a track? Maybe a day, two days, three days, you know, depending what the person wants. You put in a lot of time. That's time away from your family, your wife, your kids, you know. Yep. That, that's all time that is deserved of being being paid for. And yep. that is the difference where they see, you know, and people do look at a follower count. That is, that's the part that, that is really, really, like, unintelligent is they'll say, this guy's got 63 followers and he makes beats, so he's probably going to be giving them away for free, you know? And because you're charging 150 quid for your beat, they're like, oh, fuck him. <laughs> you know? I'm going to go follow someone with a blue tick, because the blue tick is better. It's like, no, man. No. There was a guy 
I don't even know who he was, right? But I think he went under the name of Adam Killer, Adam Killer, or something like that. Okay. Think, have you ever heard of him? Uh, mm, I don't think so. No. It was something like Adam Killer, and he was like, you know, he's going to make like a million dollars off features. And he, he messaged me. I didn't message him. He's like, oh, bro, I can give you a feature for like $250. I'm like, no, man. I said, I think we're completely different styles of music for a start. Like, you know, you're doing like hip hop and rap, and I'm doing like thrash. So, yeah, 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 it's cool. It's like, I'll do it for $200. It's like, no, no. If I want a feature, I'm going to come to you. You know? Yeah. Let me approach the you. The first fucking promotion is that so weird. This, this, these going into people's DMs to like offer promo when you didn't ask for it. Like little shit like that is so weird. And the the other one is like they need to wise up on like their accounts because if you've got two followers and you're telling me that you're like some sort of promotion system, I'm not following you. I am not going to follow your account because you're obviously. Yeah. You know, weird. <laughs> it's just like, how many, I've had this same, they've got a different fucking name and a different like profile picture every day, but it's like something like Money Made, and it's like a strobe video where they're flashing money about, you know, in the background. It's like, every day I'm like, no, it's, it's still no, you know, I'm not. Yeah. So, have you, um, have you worked with Dre Fingers? I haven't worked with Dre Fingers. I know Keith has. Yeah. But uh, I plan to. I I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out to him. I've just been waiting for the right time. Yeah, he's. I uh, have. Yeah. I have so much going on right now, but uh, Dre has definitely been in my sights. Uh, I want to familiarize myself with more of his work so I can really like understand his style because yeah. I've heard a couple of tracks that Keith did with him and they sound cool as so. hell. Yeah, I did one with him called Murder One Eight Seven. Put a vocal to his track and. That track's like probably one of the best tracks I've I've put a vocal over. Where can I hear that? Uh, I'll send it you. Cool. I think Keith's got. I think I sent it Keith actually. Yeah, but I'll I'll, I'll put it on your. Uh, you know, I'll send it through. But yeah, he's 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 really good. Um, and he's so uh, he's so um, non-believing of himself. You know, like. I don't get that about these really good producers out there, man. Like, there's there's a couple of cats that I've worked with, and they've, like, approached me in a manner where I know they're not sure of themselves. And I don't understand that when I'm like, yo, your shit is cool as fuck. Like, yeah. like do, I need, do I need to, like, yell to the heavens to let you know that you're fucking amazing? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like... But um, I that's what I also try to do, man. I try to big people up, man. Let them know that they're actually doing something right. Yeah, Especially I'm, when I interact with them, man. I remember like talking to him. I was telling Keith when Keith was on the show, and uh, I was telling him like, you know, I messaged him out of the blue because like I liked something I, heard, I saw on his page, and um, I was like, he was like, oh, I've got a beat, you know, I've got a beat store and stuff, and he's like, so I had to look through, and I was like, I really like his track. He's like, um oh, there's someone there for free, you know, pick what you like. And I was like, well, I like this Murder 187. He was like, oh, that's not for free. And I was like, look, I'm not trying to rip you off. Send me the track. I'll put a vocal to it. I'll send you it back. And he was a bit like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, like, he was like really quite, not standoffish, but he just, I could tell he was a bit like, yeah, man, whatever. You know, like, you're like the 50th person. Anyway, (laughs) he ended up sending me the track and... 
I worked on it there and then. I mean, I had it back to him that night. You know, the verse was wrote, and it was like, all of a sudden, we just built this friendship. You know, it was just messaged me back within an hour, like, that's sick. You know, like, I wasn't expecting that at all, and I was like, man, it's a great track. And, you know, he's just, he's unassuming, he's, he's non-egotistical, and he's probably the most friendly person, you know, that you can come across. In, in the sense of musicality and, and working wise, he's like, he's, he cares, you know? Good. I like that. Yeah, he I like really, that. I, he I really cares. I, I can already vibe with that. That's good to know. See, Dre, if you're listening to this, if you ever listen to this, this is why I'm going to reach out to you right now. <laughs> yeah. No, man, he's, he's, he's like, you know, he, he puts a lot of effort into his, into his creation, and I think, I think that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, like you two, the sound that you two have got going on is is wicked. Is like I said earlier, you know, it's it's, it's something else. And then that, like chop chop, is it chop chop? That chop chop. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's an awesome track. Yeah, I love that song. It's really yeah, good. It's an awesome Keep track. Yeah, and you know this. You've got a lot more to come. You know, that's the beautiful thing about it. That's the beauty. That's the beauty. I'm shit. I'm probably going to go into, if, if, if I'm allowed, just because I know I need to spend some time with the family now after this, like, this podcast over. But if I'm allowed some time tonight, I'm probably going to make another beat just to get that out of my system for the day. Just because I, I went from making at least one beat a day minimum to now making at least two beats a day. One in the morning and one at night. Yeah. So, and if I can fit other other beats in there, like some days I'll make like four or some shit, yeah. I'll do that. But that's not an everyday thing. I can't. Yeah. I can't output like not not with all the responsibilities that I have. Yeah, I know. I know. And talking about that, we've been talking quite a while now, haven't we, sir? It, it, it doesn't <laughs> feel like it, but it's it's been what two hours now? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah, for coming awesome. on, and um, thanks for just letting everyone know who you are. And hey, my pleasure. Let everyone know where they can find you, how they can find uh, you. All right. You can find me on – I'm mainly on Twitter, all right? So yep. that's like my main domain. I love Twitter. Uh, so I'm at Grant Quattro. So that's G-R-A-N-T, the number four, U-A-T-R-O, Grant Quattro. Right, that's the same, uh, the same username for – uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. If you if you want to find those, but trust me, Twitter is where it's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. And yeah, it's totally. You're open to hearing from people. You'll talk back to people. You want to connect with people. So, you know, look, look him up. Look up. Look Grant up and connect with him. And you know, say hi. Listen to some good music because that's what's going on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a pleasure having you on. And you thanks know, for having me. No, no, def- and like I said to Keith, you know, come back. Let's let's do this again in a couple of let's weeks. Do this again in a couple, hey, a couple of weeks, maybe a month or something like that, so that things can really start picking up. Because yeah. I can only imagine what we're going to get done in this next month. Yeah, yeah. Keep me in the loop. I'll keep you in the loop, and let's do this again. Maybe try and get both of you on next time. You know? Hell yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, but yeah, thanks for talking to me, and thanks for stepping into, you know, this world for for uh, two hours of your time and sure. um, be safe have a good weekend you too mate and I'll uh, I'll speak to you on Twitter
Thanks, Grant, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Peace. Peace.